Good Morning Purpose Church. It's so good to be together online. And today we continue our series, Seeing Jesus Through the Eyes of Luke. Now, today's two chapters that we've been reading through this week, and even if we don't go verse by verse through every verse on Sunday morning, if I just preach from part of it, uh, during the week, you're reading uh, verse by verse through it, or with your life group, you're studying it as well. Uh, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are a part of the Jesus team, the greatest movement in all of world history. But today, we're going to be looking at the original Jesus team. And there's an acrostic that goes like this for team. 12 everyday average men. That was the original Jesus team. So let's look at the starting lineup in Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated as apostles. Simon, whom he called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. Uh, these are apostles, and apostles literally means people sent on a special mission. Uh, in the original Greek, it means one who is sent off. In Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, it says, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. So uh, let's uh, meet the team. And let me ask you a question as we go through these uh, 12 uh, disciples. Which one are you? Uh, there are all kinds of different people with different personality traits, different backgrounds. And as, and as I go through and describe them, ask yourself the question, which one am I most similar to? Now, hopefully it's not Judas Iscariot, but of the 11, which one are you most similar to? But you know, speaking of Judas Iscariot, we get so disillusioned when a Christian or Christian leader falls away from the faith. We get surprised, and we should be. We get disillusioned. But, it, but on the original Jesus team, which was, think about it, picked by Jesus, one out of the 12 turned their back on the truth. And so we shouldn't be too disillusioned when, when frail human people uh, uh, stumble and, and, and fall and, and fail. That doesn't mean the Jesus they follow isn't perfect. It just means that we aren't perfect. Now, as we do the backgrounds to these uh, 11, 12 disciples, uh, I'm going to use biblical material, uh, which you can trust 100%, secular history, which you can trust, I don't know, 80, 90%. And then there's church tradition, which maybe trust at 50%. Church tradition, maybe it's true about half the time, maybe half the time 
um, it, it is an exaggeration or it's not based on reality. But that's what we're using to kind of uh, do a composite of what we know from church tradition, secular history, and from uh, biblical history. Uh, here's the team photo. <coughs> Uh, to begin with, there's your there's your team photo of the of the original Jesus team. So let's start with Simon Peter. Uh, Simon means shifting sand. Uh, Peter was actually a nickname that Jesus gave to him. Uh, Peter means rock. Uh, uh, Peter was the original rock. Two thousand years before Dwayne Johnson, there was uh, not Jane, Dwayne Johnson, the rock, the the famous wrestler and actor. But Peter was the original rock, uh, named that by Jesus 2,000 years ago. He was a fisherman when Jesus called him, and he was married. He was impulsive and mouthy. I love this uh, factoid. He asked more questions of Jesus than all the other <coughs> than all the other apostles combined. Peter asked more questions than the other 11 all combined together. But Peter was a great leader who took the good news of Jesus all over Israel, and then he eventually died for Jesus, um, according to church tradition. First, they led uh, Peter's wife out, and they crucified her. And according to tradition, as Peter watched his wife being led to her death, Peter called to her by name and said, remember the Lord. And then when it was Peter's turn to die, he, he said, I don't deserve to die the same way that Jesus did. So he asked to be crucified upside down. Then Peter's brother was Andrew. His name means manly. He was actually the first disciple to be chosen by Jesus. And then Andrew went and found Peter to introduce him uh, to Christ. Uh, Andrew lived his life in the shadow of his better known brother, Peter. Have you had that in your family situation? where maybe you're in the shadow of a, of a more outgoing uh, brother or sister. Uh, Peter was brash and bold and outgoing. Andrew was quiet and behind the scenes. Uh, Andrew didn't seem to like the limelight. Um, do you know that Andrew is only mentioned nine times in the entire Bible? Andrew nine times. Peter, his brother, is mentioned 176 times. 176 times to nine times. But aren't you glad that God uses both kinds of people? Uh, Peter uh, preached to crowds of thousands of people, but Andrew was always working with people one-on-one. -on -one. He was bringing the little boy with the loaves and fishes to Jesus. He was, he was out one-on-one um, uh, -on -one with people, sharing Christ with people. And ultimately, that is what got Andrew killed. According to church tradition, Andrew led the wife of a Roman governor to Christ. And her husband, the, the Roman governor, was so mad about it that he had uh, Andrew crucified on a cross in the shape of an X. And then we come to James. Uh, James and his brother John uh, were fishing friends of Peter and Andrew. So one third of the 12 disciples were made up of two brother combinations, okay? Uh, James and John, Peter and Andrew. Uh, James and his brother John were known as the Sons of Thunder. Uh, he was the first apostle to be killed uh, for following Jesus. When he died, uh, according to church tradition, he was being led to the execution 
by a man who was so inspired by James' commitment to Christ that the guard confessed that he too was a follower of Jesus. So the guard then asked James to forgive him for leading him to be executed. And James forgave him and kissed him and said, peace be with you. And then the soldier, because he had just admitted that he was a Christian, he and James uh, were together beheaded, uh, executed at the same time. And then his brother, John. Uh, John also had a thunderous uh, uh, personality. He also was a son of thunder, like his brother James. Uh, now, James and John came from a wealthy family, unlike Peter and Andrew. Well, how, how do we know that? Well, Peter and Andrew, it says in Mark, that when they followed Jesus, it says that they left their nets. But when James and John followed Jesus, uh, Mark records that they left their father with his hired men. And anybody back then who had hired men, had people working for you, that would have put you in the upper percentages uh, socioeconomically. Now, John had a fiery, passionate, egotistical personality. Uh, there's this one story where he wanted to call down uh, fire uh, from heaven to destroy some Samaritans. Some Samaritans had insulted Jesus, hadn't welcomed them into this village. And so he's so fiery, a, a son of thunder, he wants to fire to come down from heaven to destroy these Samaritans that had insulted him and insulted Jesus. Um, let's watch this together. Rabbi. Well, you couldn't wait, could you? We're sorry, we just uh, wanted to clear a few things up, if that's okay. By all means. You Jewish boys are far from home. Yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Shalom to you, too. Here's our traditional Jewish greeting for you. Don't lift a finger. That was a warning. Try it again and see what happens. Quiet, Big James. Shalom to you, too. You filthy dogs! I said quiet. Let us do something. And what would that achieve? Defending your honor. They reviled and humiliated you. They deserve to have bolts of lightning rain down and incinerate them. Yes, fire from the heavens. Fire? You said we could do things like that. Say the word and it will happen. Why not? We knew we couldn't trust these people. We shouldn't have come here in the first place. They don't deserve you. Why do you think I had you work, Melek's field? What was I trying to teach you? To help? You think it was just to be more helpful? Or to be better farmers? It was to show you that what we're doing here will last for generations. What I told Fotina at the well, and what she then told so many others, it's sowing seeds that will have a lasting impact for lifetimes. Can you not see what's happening here? These people that you hate so much are believing in me without even seeing miracles. It's the message, the truth that we're giving them. And you're going to get in the way of that because a few people from a region you don't like were mean to you. That they're not worthy? What, you're so much better? You're more worthy? Well, let me tell you something. You're not. That's the whole point. 
It's why I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Rabbi. As we gather others, I need you to help show the way. To be humble. We will. You wanted to use the power of God to bring down fire, to burn these people up? Well, it sounds a lot worse when you say it that way. like a storm on the sea. Come on. Thunder exploding out of your chests at every turn. <laughs> In fact, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. James and John, the sons of thunder. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Today, it was not good. But strong passion can be a good thing when channeled for righteousness. I just may have to delay giving you that authority we discussed earlier, or in smaller doses, until you two calm down a bit. <laughs> but John aged really well. His life changed. John is the only disciple that showed up at the cross. He was close enough to the cross that Jesus could talk to him and asked John to take care of his mother, Mary. Uh, John, according to church tradition, was boiled in oil. And when that didn't kill him, he was banished to a deserted island called Patmos. He eventually became a pastor of the church in Ephesus there, and he died there as an old man. My friend Dane Ocker says, the son of thunder turned into the apostle of love. And then there's Philip. And uh, his name means lover of horses. Now, Philip was so different from Peter and James and John. He was a careful, controlled, a skeptical, unsure. Uh, for example, uh, the disciples are in the upper room celebrating the Passover. And it's just hours before Jesus is crucified. Uh, Philip has spent three years with Jesus, 24-7 almost, um, through those three years with Jesus. He's been with them that entire time. And here they are in the upper room, sharing the Last Supper. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? And so Philip was a bit on the cautious and even skeptical side. Uh, Peter, James, and John, they would rush into a crowd, uh, speak to a crowd. And Philip and Andrew, they would be more cautious, more um, behind the scenes. Uh, let's kind of, as we're partway through this study, uh, let's kind of do a, a, a question about these first few disciples that we've looked at. How many of you uh, watching online, uh, there in your living rooms, at your computer, listening in your car, how many of you are more like Peter, James, and John, the sons of thunder. Uh, just raise your hand uh, wherever you are. 
And then how many of you are more like um, Philip, a little more cautious, uh, or like Andrew, who prefer one-on-one ministry uh, behind the scenes? Raise your hand if you're more like Philip and like Andrew. Well, isn't it good news that God uses people like Philip? A history tells us that Philip took the news about Jesus all over the Roman Empire, and then Philip was stoned to death for his faith in Jesus. And it takes all kinds of Christ followers uh, to reach the world. Boy, I had a painful lesson illustration of that last Sunday when my Green Bay Packers lost to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, The Packers, I believe, were the best team in football. Uh, Best team, offense, defense, combination, best team in all of football. Well, you say, Glenn, why did they lose then? Well, because they were they were ranked last in the NFL, number 32. They were ranked dead last in special teams. The things that people don't pay much attention to, uh, place kicking, punting, receiving punts, uh, running, uh, running, back a, running back a punt. Um, those are, they ranked last in the NFL. I, I think they were, other than special teams, the best team in football. But there's the problem. They were dead last in special teams, had... Uh, but it's just, it's rare to have a blocked punt in an NFL game. It's rare to have a blocked field goal. They had both of them happen in one game, and, and that was the difference in the game. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, that's just like the body of Christ, that the, the special teams are incredibly important. Maybe you think your role in serving Jesus is more behind the scenes than up front. Um, you feel like you're more special teams than you are, you know, the flashy offense or even the defense. God needs all of us. God needs, uses all of us to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in the world. Okay, now we come to Nathaniel, or sometimes he's called Bartholomew. Philip and Nathaniel uh, were very close friends. Now, we know almost nothing about Nathaniel. He's only mentioned two times in the Bible. Uh, he's famous for having looked down on Jesus' hometown. Nathaniel's the one that had the infamous line, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That was Nathaniel. But Jesus also said he was a man of great character. And then there's Matthew, or sometimes he's called Levi. Now, Matthew was a tax collector, and he was just hated by the Jews. Uh, tax collectors were considered dishonest thugs who not only collected money for Rome, but also money to line their own pockets. They would charge more than Rome required them to collect in order to get rich off of the poorest of people. Tax collectors were so hated that the Jewish religious leaders said that it was okay to lie to a tax collector because they deserved it. And yet Jesus still calls Matthew, even though he was a tax collector. Let's watch this. Matthew. Matthew, son of Alphaeus. Yes. Follow me. 
Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. Aren't you glad God uses sinners like Matthew, like me, like, like you? Jesus didn't come for a bunch of self-righteous people who didn't think they needed saving. Jesus came for sinners. And then there's Thomas. Uh, Thomas is often called Doubting Thomas because he was so he was so negative <laughs> much, of the, much of the time. Um, I saw a funny story uh, the other day. An elderly woman was crying as she said goodbye to the man who had been the pastor of her church for several years. The pastor that was leaving said, don't worry or be so upset. The bishop will send an even better pastor to replace me here. The, wo the woman started crying even harder and said, no, that's what they told us the last time. <laughs> uh, well, Thomas would have gotten along well with that woman. But Thomas took the good news about Jesus all the way to India. As a matter of fact, today, if you go to India, there's a place in India that they believe uh, to be the grave of Thomas. And Thomas was killed for Jesus by having a spear run through his body. And then there's James, the son of Alphaeus. He's also called James the Less uh, in Mark 15, verse 40. Uh, the Greek word means um, the younger. He's either the younger or small in stature. Now, this is absolutely the only thing we know about him, that he was either younger uh, than someone, relatively speaking, and he was shorter, uh, small in stature. Historians tell us, however, that he took the gospel about Jesus to what is today the nation of Iran and that he died a martyr's death there. And that's what's so great about God. Uh, we don't know anything about James the less, but God knows every detail about his life and God is giving tremendous reward for every good thing that James ever did. Now, some of you may feel like no one notices you. Uh, when you love God and, and serve God, you don't feel seen and, and noticed and, and recognized, but I want to promise you, God notices and he, he sees it. You are seen by him and he will reward you someday like James the less. 
And then Simon the Zealot. Um, Zealot means dagger men. Uh, Zealots were a political party that hated Rome. They existed uh, out of their desire. They were unified out of their desire to overthrow the Roman Empire. They were trained to carry knives in the folds of their robes. That's why they were called dagger men. They would sneak up behind Roman soldiers and politicians and they would stab them between their ribs right into their hearts. Now, Jesus never endorsed the zealots, but he helped Simon to find a purpose more important than a political party. And Simon ended up being killed for his faith in Jesus. And then there's Thaddeus, uh, sometimes called Judas or Labius. Um, his name in, means breast child. In modern day terms, Thaddeus means mama's boy. Now, aren't you glad that God uses sons of thunder? Uh, he uses manly men and he uses mama's boy. And, 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 and this mama's boy took the good news about Jesus to modern day Turkey where he was clubbed to death uh, for following and for preaching Jesus. And then there's Judas Iscariot. And, you know, one fascinating thing about Judas Iscariot, I, I remember Pastor Lisa uh, years ago said this in, in a sermon, and I, and I remembered it. And um, In Matthew chapter 26, the Last Supper, uh, Jesus said that one of the disciples would betray him. And, and the Bible says that 11 disciples asked, Surely you don't mean me, Lord, all the way around the table. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Surely you don't mean me, Lord, 11 times. And then it comes to Judas Iscariot. And he says, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi, not Lord, but Rabbi. He never made the transition from teacher to Lord. And that is the most important decision you'll ever make. Almost everybody in the world recognizes that Jesus was a great teacher. But you got to make that step. You've got to take that step to say, he is my Lord. You can do that right now. Three simple words. Sorry. Oh God, I'm sorry for the sin and the wrong in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me and rising from the grave. Please be my Savior forgive me and be my Lord. That, that simple prayer, you can pray that right now, wherever you are. And when you pray that, you make the switch from him being merely a great teacher, with, which almost everybody in the world agrees on, to being your Lord. You submit to him and to his uh, authority. And then we see in Luke the relationships that went on on the team. But teammates don't always get along with each other, do they? Uh, they? We have to work through some stuff as as members of the same team. Luke nine verse forty six: An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Wow, that's that's a problem on a team in our relationships, isn't it? Who who's the MVP? Who's the most important? Who who, who who's who's number one? Uh, Verse 47, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, for it is the one who is least among you all 
who is the greatest. It is the one that is humble, the one that serves. That is the one who is greatest on the team. And then dealing with those not on your specific team. We see that in the next two verses. Master said, John, there's John again, one of the sons of thunder. We saw someone driving out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. Oh my goodness, not one of, uh, of, of us, he says. They're not part of my uh, specific group. And so Jesus goes on to say in verse 50, do not stop him, Jesus said. For whoever is not against you is for you. You know that saying we have here at Purpose Church in Essentials Unity and Non-Essentials Liberty and in All Things Charity. Now about the essentials of the faith, the things clearly taught in the Bible, we, we need unity. Uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, his perfect life, salvation in Christ and Christ alone, his first coming into the world and his second coming Someday, the authority of God's word and, and scripture. All these things are what we call the essentials of the faith. And yes, on those, we need to be unified. You are only on the Jesus team if you agree with those essentials. But in non-essentials, liberty. These are the things that are not as clear in scripture. These are things that sincere followers of Jesus can sincerely disagree on. Um, these are things like vaccine mandates and whether to wear a mask or not or political uh, affiliation. These are the things that, that we can disagree on in non-essentials. We can have freedom. We can have liberty if we agree on the essentials. And so John was saying, hey, I told them to stop preaching about you because they disagreed with us on some of the non-essentials. And Jesus said, if they're not against us, they're for us. And so we need to, uh, yes, we may want feel best if two are, uh, are not in agreement. How can they walk together? We may do best if, if there are certain non-essentials as long with, with essentials that we agree on. But we can still walk together even if we disagree on the non-essentials as long as we agree on the essentials. And that's the key to dealing with people that are not part of your or my specific team. And then dealing with those that are outside of the team. Okay, now these are the ones that, that even disagree on the essentials. Maybe even be enemies of ours. Maybe even be attacking us. Uh, Luke 9, verse 52, here's the story that we saw portrayed in, in the series, The Chosen. Uh, just a few minutes ago. And Jesus, he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village. These were considered enemies, hated by the Jews. They hated the Jews and the Jews hated them to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading to Jerusalem, because he was Jewish on his way to Jerusalem, so they didn't welcome him. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? That's what we just saw portrayed. And then, verse 55, Jesus turned and rebuked them. So even if they're not on our team, we still are to love them. We are to pray for them. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. 
love your enemies, um, treat them uh, with love, reach out to them, minister to them, uh, even if they are not a member of our team. Okay, let's, let's wrap it up. Four insights from the original Jesus team. Number one, Jesus picked the most ordinary of people. Number two, Jesus delegated his authority to them. Number three, he gave them the Holy Spirit. And then number four, they turned the world upside down. Acts 4, verse 13, when they, and these are the, the enemies of followers of Christ, these are the people that were persecuting them. But when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were called to fulfill their mission, their commission, and so are we. We are called. They were the original Jesus team. We are the Jesus team that is now called to bring that good news into our community, where we work, where we go to school, in our neighborhood, into our family. That is our commission. The mission of everybody at Purpose Church, followers of Jesus, just like the original Jesus team, the Jesus team of today, our mission, our commission, is everyone, everywhere, following Jesus. And all God's family said, Amen and amen.